Hello, welcome to another episode of A Pastor and His People. I am Pastor Witt, here with two other pastors, Pastor Dave Keen. Dave Keen. And Victor Rodriguez. The Sermonator, part two. <laughs> it was the first Sunday of the month, so we had a bilingual service. Everyone's together. Guys, any reflections on the first Sunday of the month? Oh, so sweet, right? Um, I love singing and um, hearing God's Word, both in English and in Spanish. Yeah. It's really a sweet thing uh, for me to, to see. And not just that, but just to have everyone in the same room. Even walking into the sanctuary, it felt like there was a there was an energy, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which was really fun to, fe- fun to feel. Yeah. Same thing here. I I think it was a lot of expectation and, and it, it was beautiful to see all the people together and, and to have our bilingual service. Mm. So, uh, Victor, you preached Acts chapter 5, <clears throat> verses 12 through 16? Yes. Uh, Dave, would you read that for us? Sure. Uh, now, many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they all were healed. Now, if you were going to Walmart and you are going to get one thing from this passage, what would you get? Show Christ. That will be the the main thing of of the message. Okay. Uh, which was a little bit hard to to get there because this these verses are like a, a like a summary of something that just happened in 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 the beginning of chapter five. Mm. So in the book of uh, Acts, we see a few like summaries that Luke is presenting. Like, for example, we have one at the end of chapter two. We have another one in chapter four. Mm. And there is another one uh, here. So it's kind of presenting something that is really connected to what happened before and what is about to happen in the in the following verses. I think you did a phenomenal job kind of drawing this out because, you know, in your context and kind of your own, ex- own experience, you see people coming to a passage like this, and what would they typically think? Obviously, being distracted from all these other things, maybe on the shelf at Walmart, kind of for your illustration, what do you think distracts people from this text? Uh, signs and wonders. So that specifically is the same thing that happened in, in Acts chapter 2 when there is this big uh, controversy or debate on tongues. Like, we hear about what happened in Pentecost, and immediately we go to tongues. In here is the same thing. We see signs and wonders, and we see the, a description of what was happening at that moment, and immediately we make the whole thing about the signs and wonders. But mm-hmm. signs and wonders are pointing to Christ. So the main thing will be Christ, not the signs and wonders. Do you see that often in the, in the Hispanic world? Uh, yes. Uh, the influence of of the charismatic um, view of, of scriptures is is big in the Hispanic uh, world and especially here in the states we see we see that often so we see the big impact and, and influence of the charismatic uh, Pentecostal type um, of church in, in here yeah it says uh, in uh, <clears throat> verse 13 none of the rest dare join them but the people held them in high esteem. 
Now you can, you made that distinct distinct distinction. Wow, words. words. <laughs> They're hard. It says none of the rest dare join them. Who is the rest? So th there's a, a clear distinction here between the believers and and non-believers. Mm -hmm. So um, I think in in here we can see that uh, separation when we are brought to Christ when God saved us. There is a distinction that uh, every believer has that is no longer in darkness is mm -hmm. is in light, and that's that's what was uh, manifesting in in these verses. Immediately, what happened if we if we go back to to the first part of of chapter five, we see the story of Ananias and Sapphira, and great fear uh, raised among the people. I think within the church and outside of the church, like people from the church understanding how holy, how powerful God is, but at the same thing, people outside of the church listening and, and, and knowing what happened to, to Ananias and Sapphira, there was this big fear and big uh, reverence towards God. And it was also manifesting in the way that they were serving each other, laying everything on the apostles' feet, loving each other, forgiving each other. So it's a clear distinction between uh, being a believer and, and a non-believer. So, so there should be a distinction between God's people and not God's people. Amen. But what about Paul who says, all right, to the Jew, I became a Jew, to the Greek, I became a Greek, became all things to all people. It seems like he's almost wanting to be like the world to reach the world. Yes, I mean, in, in taking those verses in, in context, it, it will be more into how can we sacrifice things that we know that we have been set free of, hmm. but at the same time for the love of the gospel and for the love of, of Christ and sharing the word of God, we will sacrifice things that are not going to be sin, um, but if it is a sin for other people, we will abstain from from doing those things. So in in that sense, yes, I will become, um, I will abstain myself for for certain things, but for the love of people and for the sake of the gospel. And it really kind of goes to your, to your main point. It's our job is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? All these miracles happened. Peter preached. Miracles happened. Peter preached. Um, we should see lives changed, and we should preach and share the gospel, right? So we should be willing to share the gospel in all sorts of ways to all kinds of people. So we should contextualize you know, people in our own life to be able to speak to them. Even you know, you're trying to reach people on college campus, like how you're going to speak to someone on the college campus versus how I'm going to be speak to someone in the business world. I'm going to share the same gospel, but I might communicate it in a slightly different way so it lands on the people's ears. So is there okay. a, as a, as a Christian, should I worry about being too much like the world? Or should I embrace the world in order to have a voice in it? It's a good question. I don't. I think I think you're kind of pitting two things against each other that yes. don't have to be put pitted against each other. So, you know, you should uh, desire not to be like the world. You should desire to be like Christ. Right? Mm -hmm. He is our object of our faith. We want to run hard after Him. We want to become like Him. Uh, at the same time, Jesus was a friend of tax collectors and sinners. We should not be afraid what people are going to say about us if we have friends mm -hmm. in the world. Right, because we we are friends with them, so that they would hear the gospel. Yeah. You know, they would repent of their sins and, and be saved. But our main aim is always to please Christ. Yeah. Would you add anything there, Victor? No, I mean it's, it's the same thing. So uh, the main thing of a believer is is Christ. We are, I mean, we're pilgrims here. We are 
heading to the celestial city. I'm, I'm referencing the Pilgrim's Progress right now. Um, but great, great book. You should check it out. <laughs> yes. So bestseller. <laughs> we 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 that that's our our goal. That is our purpose. That is everything about us should point to Christ. I mean, if we have been saved, if we if if our heart was a heart of stone and not now is a heart of, of flesh, and now we can. We can get to God. We can understand the Word of God. We understand the, what He accomplished at the cross for us. We are we are that sign, and we need to be pointing Christ with our life, with our motives, with our desires, with our passions. Um, so that th- that is the main thing uh, I would say. Is there maybe uh, you you both are parents? Is there something how you contemplate that with for yourself, right? Reaching the lost as well as abstaining from the world that you help with your children as well of like you don't want to you know keep them away from the world but at the same time you want to protect them from the world you know how, how do you find that balance as a parent well uh, I mean you could sh- share here in a, in a moment but I think one of the aspects is you know every kid is different right and every kid's need to be shepherded a little bit differently um, but you also have to know when your kids are ready to be exposed to different things in the world mm. and their main job is to kind of raise them in fear and admission of the Lord once they have a firm grasp of the gospel, who they are in Christ, then you can help them be exposed to a little bit more things that are going on in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you read the Bible, you're going to be exposed with sin, all mm-hmm. sorts of sin, right? So if you read the scriptures, you'll see those kind of things. But I think that the world has a very subtle influence on our kids. Mm-hmm. So we want to protect our kids until they're at a point when they can realize, oh, this is affecting me in this way, and I have to be careful, mm-hmm. right? And you want them to, to do that while they're in the home, Right? right, because you don't want them to be tested only when they leave the home, uh, because they they're not in a safe haven to be able to, to diagnose and to t- discern different things. So, yeah. uh, so I, I don't I think it's an either it's not an either or, but it's both end. Right, yeah. we want them to be protected from from the world, but we also we want them to show them what the world's like, what the world offers, and then what Christ offers. Yes, and and thinking about uh, kids and and parenting and and all that, and maybe going back to the previous question. Sometimes we we have the tendency to try to move too fast to the application, and and in here going back to to the believers here in Acts chapter five, their main concern was not how to reach the world, was not how to interact with the world. In in this case, was not how to parent or be a, a good parent or to influence their children was to obey God, mm-hmm. was to make sure that they are obeying every single thing that God is, has commanded them because by doing that, the application will follow. So they will impact the world when they are pursuing obedience in, in, in God. They will be better, better parents when they are pursuing uh, obedience towards the Word of God. Mm, that's good. Dave, do you have a question you wanted to... Okay. Uh, 14 says, more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, uh, multitudes of both men and women. Uh, I, let's pause there. I like your note there. Right? Luke is losing count at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a bunch, you guys. Yeah. When I was reading that, I smiled that he made the distinction of women here, right? Mm-hmm. You know, previously in chapter 4, it says uh, 4,000 uh, or 5,000 men, mm-hmm. right? You know, I, I love how. He's saying, no, the gospel is not only for men, it's for men and women. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's, that's, that, that's distinct in Luke's writing, both in Luke and Acts. You just see his mm-hmm. prominence and highlight of women. Amen. It says, uh, 
And this is 15, so that even uh, they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats. As Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. Why is he highlighting Peter here? Why not the other apostles? Is there something here with Peter that Luke's trying to draw up? I mean, again, I think it's the same thing. Peter is seen as the person that is leading the the whole movement. Mm -hmm. uh, he's one of the main uh, leaders. He's the one that preached at Pentecost. He's the one that preached uh, in front of the, the council uh, in chapter uh, 4. So, and it will continue to happen that way. Uh, something similar happened in, I think it Acts chapter 19 with, with Paul. So, I think the main thing is is God using uh, the apostles here to to point to Christ, to point to the message, and to validate the, the establishment of the church, which just happened uh, uh, in, in previous chapters. And it's really important to get this, right? If, if you misinterpret this passage and you think that, you know, we're trying to hold on to handkerchiefs that Peter touched or that the Paul touched, which is, you know, a lot of what you see in Jerusalem around those holy events, and hmm. the Catholic Church has a little bit of a superstition when it comes to these sacred things these sacred things, right. they're believing in God in one sense, but they're also believing in, in man, right? And a misinterpretation, a misunderstanding of the book of Acts will lead you down all sorts of uh, paths that would really radically change your faith. I think the main thing you mentioned in your earlier sermons were the difference between descriptive and prescriptive here, right? This is not a prescriptive, this is descriptive. This is just something amazing God's doing, not necessarily what it should be like for us now. What, But reading this, what should we take away now? Like, obviously you said showing Christ, but is there something here about, I mean, the response of the people? In Well, specifically in, in this one, it will be hard to to get specific conclusions on, on applications for us mm -hmm. from verses 15 and 16. Mm -hmm. So those are describing what was happening because of, I, I think verse 12 is the big summary. Mm -hmm. And then verses 15 and 16 is just adding a description of verse 12. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's presenting a picture of, of what was happening. Again, it's, as you said, it's not normative. It's not asking us to to lay all, all the sick people uh, close to Pastor Dave so his shadow can heal everybody. <laughs> so th that is not the, the intent of this. And it's not also, it's not the intent either to us pursue, have that, uh, thinking, okay, Peter had some uh, power and I want to pursue that power. Mm -hmm. We have that power in, 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 in the gospel, in the Holy Spirit, um, it's it just going to be manifested different uh, right now because we are called to show Christ, to preach Christ, and that's what Peter was doing at the time. Yeah, and I, I would just say, remember what God's doing here. The big picture, he is. there's a new age that's happening. It's the age of the church. It's kind of through the, through the Lord Jesus. The risen Lord Jesus is acting. So we will be witness in, is in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So God is kind of showing his power miraculously to, to validate the message of the gospel. Mm. And he, he does that, right, in areas that need it. Now, we know that's happening in Judea and Samaria, kind of like the whole view of Israel here. And then, on again, he'll do it again to the ends of the earth, miraculous yeah. signs and wonders, so that the message would be validated, mm -hmm. right? 
Well, we believe that the messages have been, been completed, right? The work has been done. The canon has been, been completed. Mm -hmm. So our job now is to validate the, the message of the gospel with our own lives, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, Victor did a great job, kind of pointed out, I was really encouraged about that the, they, they were together, right? They were unanimous. Yeah. To, they were together. And I think that even after these difficult things, they didn't see division, but they saw unity. Even today, I was talking to a fellow pastor and just thinking about our own church over the last uh, two years, going through you know racial tension and you know, politics and COVID, and largely we had been really unified, mm -hmm. right? Now we not, may not have agreed on everything, but we were together in the cause of Christ. Yeah, and it was just really humbling to think about how God has worked and, and moved in our spirit. So if we continue to labor in that end to be one, right, mm -hmm. to fight against being distracted from other things and to, to care for one another so that the world may know that Christ has come to save his people. Yeah. So and, you, and to add, uh, uh, one more thing, uh, adding, uh, going specifically to verse 16, um, it says that in addition, a multitude came together from the town surrounding Jerusalem, bringing the sick. So towns surrounding uh, Jerusalem went, were coming to Jerusalem because of the signs and wonders. Mm -hmm. But the call that Jesus is making in, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 is go out of Jerusalem to the ends of the world. Mm -hmm. So if, if we keep reading, we're going to see that persecution is about to start in the next couple of chapters. So it's, it's the, the signs and wonders are pointing... And, and attracting a lot of people in, mm. but God is taking the message out of Jerusalem, which will happen in, in the following uh, uh, chapters. Yeah, I guess there may be a temptation to uh, the Jewish hearers, right? The promised Judea, Samaria, and the earth are actually going to come to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. But God's saying, no, like it's not about Jerusalem anymore. It's about the world. We're going to spread out, not come in. Because you can, I mean, I guess reading the Old Testament and going straight here, you could read it that way, right? Like, oh, God's reestablishing Jerusalem, right? <laughs> the, the nation is coming back, right? The world's coming too. It's like, no, we're, we're going out. No longer is there a physical distinction. There's going to be a, a spiritual distinction. Uh, so I guess maybe let's unpack this a little bit more for application. What are the signs and wonders that are, are done now, right, in, in the church, maybe even Park Baptist Church, so that the world would see and we can show them Christ. Is there something that going on that we should take with us? Yeah, I think that one is that we're all personally been transformed, right? Mm. So we have experienced the miracle, right? I use their words intentionally, the miracle of regeneration. Yeah. We were dead and now we're alive. That's mm -hmm. what we saw this past Sunday with, with Ab Abigail's testimony. What a beautiful picture, yeah. right? You know, yes, she has been healed physically, but no, she's also been healed spiritually, mm -hmm. right? She is a new creation, right? Um, new, uh, nueva creyentes, Nuevas creyentes? Nueva creyente nueva. Okay, so that was, that was close. Right, we, we are new creations. So if we are new creations, well then our love will be different, mm -hmm. right? Our, our, our giving will be different. Um, everything in our life will be affected, mm -hmm. right? You know, how we view everything, our possessions. And when we do that, that's seen by the world. You can't really deny it. Yeah. You know, you hear, you've heard me say this a lot. The greatest apologetic in our day is a diverse, unified local church, right? What comes and brings us together is the gospel of Lord Jesus Christ. We're family. So I'm willing to give money to you, not because, you know, you need it, just because that you need it, but because you're my brother in Christ. Yeah. Right? You know, you're not my blood brother. You're, you're, my, you're my family in Christ. Therefore, we're willing to sacrifice in, 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 
um, in very intense ways. So, so as pastors, seeing Park, where maybe some your minds come to of like, I've seen us do this. The world has kind of come and seen and, okay, like I want to see a little bit more because of what Park's doing. Or maybe on the other side, what are maybe some ways we can grow from this goal that we can show Christ to the world? Well, for, for us, I can talk on, on my experience. I, I didn't know about Park about a year and a half ago. So now I'm I'm part of what God is is doing uh, in part. I, I came here for the first time August uh, last year, and immediately when I saw the people interacting uh, with each other, when I saw the the clarity on on the presentation of the gospel, all the conversations with, with, that I had with with all the people here, pointing to Christ, it, it was a, a beautiful picture of, of a healthy church. It was a beautiful picture of people that have been transformed by the power of, of God and coming together and showing Christ. So in the last year, I've been blessed in big ways by being connected by a church that is focused in, in showing Christ, living Christ, preaching Christ. And I mean, it's, it's just a matter of, of, of time until we keep uh, sharing the light of, of Christ to to the rest of, of the city and, and the rest of the world. Yeah, for years, I, I think that Park has been in a good place where I would just say it's been clear that you've been taught by God to love one another, do this, do this more and more. Yeah. You know, I think that God is, you know, I've seen sacrificial care and nurturing of one another. Even this past week, you know, we had members in the hospital uh, grieving, and I saw a lot of care um We've seen, you know, women, you know, struggling with pregnancy, women surrounding them with food and meals. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen uh, folks who have needed um, uh, transportation, cars being shared with them. So mm-hmm. I think we've seen that pretty regularly. And I, as a pastor, I get to hear stories all the time. Hey, uh, this family was in need, and the, the need was met um, in secret, right, by somebody else. Mm-hmm. To say, we heard you had a need, and we wanted to meet it. Uh, but we didn't want to tell you who it was us because we didn't want to get any kind of praise for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, give with your right hand so your left hand doesn't know what you're doing or vice versa. You know, so yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I do I do think that there is um, ways we can always grow in this, right? You know, I think that one of the things I would encourage us to do is truly get to know each other, like relationally, um, spend time with one another, you know. Um, you know, someone told me this past week, someone was in the grocery store and saw a member of the church and said, hey, someone paid for my meal, paid for my groceries, right? Mm-hmm. Just because they want, they, they they wanted to serve me in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as we grow, we need to continue to practice the, the, the sacred art of hospitality, bringing people into our home, mm-hmm. you know, having people live with us as, as you're doing, have people around our table, yeah. fellowship. And because we're when you communicate um, hospitality, you're saying you're, you're part of me. Mm-hmm. We want to bring you into our family. And I think some in our church don't experience that. Mm-hmm. Some who may be single, some who maybe have, you know, larger families, uh, some who may be more shy and, um, you know, a little bit more difficult in social reactions, I think they're not going to be invited as much, right? So I think we have to work hard to go against that. I think you both, both you and your families have the gift of hospitality, right? Y'all show it often and get maybe any tips to someone who's like, I'm not used to having people in my home or I have those fears like, oh, the family is big. Like, how do I, any maybe encouragements or some tips? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to kind of give you tips because once you just do it, you just do it. 
Right? <laughs> and it was like Nike. Yeah. <laughs> and like, don't don't feel like your house has got to be perfectly put together. Don't feel like you're you have to give the best food in the entire world. You know, you give a good meal. Our family is going to eat this anyway. Why don't you come and, and eat eat with us? Um, you know, but a lot of it is just making it a regular practice. I mean, we, we wish we could do it more. Sometimes our lives are busy. We can't do it as much as we'd want. So would you say scheduling, or do you just leave a night open in the week? I, I, for us at this point, with our kids' schedules, we have to schedule it, mm-hmm. right? Hey, we have this night open. We'll say, who can we invite? Mm-hmm. Is this a family night for us? Do we need a night to recover? Or is this a night we can invite people over? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we try to invite people that we, we just are naturally friends with, right? Mm-hmm. To kind of for our own soul. Uh, sometimes we're like, hey, these two people, these two families are different and unique. Why don't we invite them both over so mm-hmm. that they can get to know each other as well as get to know us better? Yeah. So. Yeah. Same thing, and, and it becomes natural. Uh, knowing and and having the opportunity to share to share Christ and to share the message that is always there, um, and 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 it helps you to to be clear that you want to invite people to to grow to grow in the Lord. Um, in the family setting, I think the kids, they grow in, in that, um, setting that, that, that's what we do. So it's funny because this past week, uh, whenever we have one day off that we don't have anybody coming or, or we don't have interaction with other people, the, the kids are asking like, who's coming today? Like, <laughs> what, what, are, what are we going to do? Like, who are we going to visit and who are we going to, so they, they are also growing, expecting to be, uh, showing Christ and, and to be hospitable. Amen. Victor, would you mind praying this out? Absolutely. Padre Santo, gracias por este tiempo. Gracias por las bendiciones que nos das de poder compartir tu palabra y la bendición de poder vivir para tu gloria. Thank you, Jesus, for all the blessings that you have given us and help us to show you in in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.